0: That God's here right now. And uh, so, way more than someone speaking, we believe that God's Spirit is here and actually loves us and wants to be our counselor, our guide, and our friend. Isn't that wild? Imagine if you met with the greatest counselor in the history of the world and then he or she went, Hey, do you want to go grab a movie now? It's like, Well, hold it. Like, do I have to pay for the movie? Like, <laughs> your hourly rate for the movie? Well, because it's blurring categories. But that's what the Holy, the Holy Spirit blurs categories. Because he's for you. And, and something that reminded me of that, that kind of like, how do we stay in connection? How do we stay listening to the Spirit of God? And it's actually broader than listening. Listening is just one sense, right? So if I go, you're not hearing what I'm waving you're seeing what I'm waiting, right? Yeah. So God's interaction is broader than just listening, but we use it as kind of a catchphrase for all of the different ways he can interact. Sometimes you just might feel really emotional to get involved in a situation uh, with a complete stranger that is in a, a moment of need. And you may have had 10 other opportunities to do that, and it hasn't gripped your heart, but it gripped your heart in that moment. You might not have been hearing anything. You might not have been... Uh, Necessarily um, seeing an an, an image or a picture or uh, what what Scripture would call like you know you know a leading or or a vision and that's a longer conversation but just like a, a picture in your mind even you might not have heard or seen anything but you might be gripped with emotion. Has anyone here ever been gripped with emotion and you didn't really know like what's it's like? What's going on? Well, so God's leading is broader than listening. It's, it's interacting. Uh, And during worship, I was just praying and going, you know, Lord, is there anything that I need to be sensitive to? Is there anything that you're wanting me to emphasize or, you know, kind of insert into the basic uh, things that you put on my heart to share? And I was looking over and just kind of, you know, being available and slowing down a little bit. And there was a gentleman who's, who's not here, but uh, he was right in the front row and he had two little kiddos. Uh, and one of them's pretty young. And, um, and the, the little kiddo, he was holding in his, in his arms. And about, like, 50 times, the little kid went from snuggling, right, uh, to, like, pulling out right, like, in front of his face. And then he would just go in for, like, a little kiss. It was just like, smoochy, smooch. And the dad is like... <laughs> and then you go back, and he pop back out. You look at him. His dad be like, "Smoochy, smoochy." And just over and over and over. <laughs> I was just telling a story about you.
1: <laughs>
0: I was I was mentioning how uh, your little one. Uh, was, was uh, I was struck during worship because, uh, is it a little boy? Yeah. Yeah. He would just, like, come out of the snuggle and, like, look at you and then just, like, come in for the smoochy smooch and just was doing it over and over and over and over, you know? And um, he still has lips. Like, it's still, he didn't, they didn't get rubbed out, you know, from overuse. And, and so, you know, sometimes we try to make it some big thing, like God has to do a lightning bolt from heaven. God has to, you know, write something in the sky. But that was a super profound moment for me, right? There weren't strobe lights or you know, smoke machines or anything like that. But I was really struck by that moment and God going, yeah, that's, that's me. That's what I want to do with all of you. I want you to come in for the smoochy smooch. <laughs> and, you know, he couldn't get enough. He was just like, and, and I, have a, I have some kids and um, they're all kind of like that. And it's, it's wild. And so I think we walk through little representations and little reminders all the time. But for me, I can be super busy and distracted. So God's spirit can't go, hey, there's a little reminder. This is how I want to relate to you. This is what I'm like. And so I shared that as that's an example of what I'm talking about. Uh, where God blessed me to go, hey, you already know that there's incredible things that God's doing in these people and that they are sensitive and they are responding in different ways. Uh, And here's one example of how I want to relate. So with that having been said, I just want to do a a prayer and and just ask God to guide and lead this time where I share some things from the scriptures and tell some stories. I'm just a storyteller that likes scripture, basically. Uh, So let's pray together, all right? Lord, we we love you, but we realize um, sometimes that you could help us love you a lot more. Uh, And so we just bring what we have and we say we need you. And Lord, this morning, uh, Father, I ask through the Son, by your Spirit, that you would uh, increase in this place and increase in us. Uh, It's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by your spirit. And so we, we really right now slow down and, and uh, we, we ask that you would have your way during this time. We give our hearts to you. And we say, would you uh, bring your healing where we've been hurt sometimes by uh, people in the past or authority figures in the past. And maybe it's put a barrier between us and you lord whether we've had disappointments we don't understand what you're doing or what you've done or what you haven't done we just want you to soften our heart and draw us close to you yeah. so we can get some smoochy smooch amen mm-hmm. uh, so i have a wife her name's amy and i have three kiddos um, one of uh the oldest is Addie, and you're gonna see an image of her uh in, in a little bit uh and then I have a, a ninja for a son who, he just turned six yesterday, and he is hilarious. Um, and then we have a one-year-old, uh, so I'm like right, right in the, the zone of the snuggle. Uh, and what was interesting was when my daughter was uh, probably about uh, three or four, I was like laying down in our master bedroom, and uh, this is something that the Lord reminded me of during worship when I was seeing you. And uh, what happened was, uh, I was laying down in our master bedroom, and our door was open. And all of a sudden, she jumped out into the like doorway to kind of surprise me. She went ha, and I don't know what I was thinking because I went oh oh, oh. <laughs> oh. and she found that really really funny. So, what do you think happened? <laughs> She went out of the doorway and did it again and again and again. And after about the seventy-second time of me going oh oh oh, oh again, I was like, I, like I can't do, I, I can't sustain this. I don't have any, like, like, like how much love is a father supposed to pour out? Like, dudes need to get some rest sometimes. Like, I need a break. So I think it was on the 73rd time. She goes, hi. And I go. (laughs) And check this out. She goes, dad. And just this distraught. And she looks at me and she goes, dad, need me. She said, need me. I felt pretty bad in that moment. (laughs) But do you see what, see, she doesn't have a filter. Like as adults, we have all these like weird games that we can do and rationalizations and, you know, put things a certain way. She had no filter. She was like, need me, need me. And I was like, honey, and she ran over like, I need you, I need you. But it's an interesting picture. And Jesus often told parables, right? Which are stories that have a meaning, and often you don't get the meaning until it like circles back around, and you're like, "Oh, that was sneaky." Oh, and he gets you. And part of what we need to do as we look at Scripture is, God's going. You need to recognize that you need me, need me, right? My my kids, as we look at this first passage. Life can be messy, Uh, not first passage of first quote before we head into Scripture. Um, And when my kids sometimes would uh, sneak into our bed and sleep with us, you know, and my son was notorious at this. He always had to have one part of his body touching both my wife and me, right? And you'd pivot them around. He'd, like, end up upside down and you'd have, like, stuff. Like, he was always maintaining connection. And I think that's the second part that I'm praying as we go through these passages. That if you just walk away this morning with recognizing that Jesus modeled and others like Paul said, follow me as I follow Jesus. They modeled this constant recognition of their need to be filled and directed and empowered by the Holy Spirit. They recognized, they recognized that they needed to say yes to God going, need me. And they also stayed in constant contact just like my kid, sleeping with me, right? Now, life is messy, and as we go along the way, uh, this is a gentleman named Victor Frankel. Have any of you ever heard of him? He has a book, uh, Man's Search for Meaning. And I'm not going to go too much into this, but uh, I just want to read this little quote here, because what happens is that when we follow God's Spirit and we listen, it, it isn't always like rainbows and unicorns and perfect. Have you, have you noticed that? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes our path can be difficult. And so God's God's fruit, he wants to bring long-suffering and perseverance as well as peace and joy, etc. It's both. So we want to be gritty. Like, we want to be authentic. God wants to come into our messes and into other people's messes. And part of what helps us with that is to understand that in our society, happiness is elevated as, like, the greatest thing. But there's actually something deeper about following the path of God so that you can fulfill what he's designed you to do to be a blessing to others. And that's more about meaning, like a deeper joy, a deeper meaning, where it's, you're willing to sacrifice. And so I just want to read this quote, uh, and it's, it's from an article about Viktor Frankl. It says, uh, what sets human beings apart from animals is not the pursuit of happiness, which occurs all across the natural world, but the pursuit of meaning, which is unique to humans. And then it goes on. We'll just stop there. So we want to follow God's spirit and be encouraged by his word to live a life of meaning, and so when hardship comes, we're staying connected. We're recognizing that we need him to get through that hardship so that people can be blessed and situations can be redeemed. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So Jesus said, I only do that which I hear the Father saying and see the Father doing. Isn't that interesting? Jesus had to walk in connection and recognizing his own need, Right? What is Philippians 1 1 talking about? What's that? He emptied himself. He emptied, it says that the Son of God, before any, any creatures were created, the Son of God, who is God, he decided to come down and empty himself of all of his divine prerogatives, all of his divine power.
1: <laughs> Isn't that
0: amazing? He incarnated, he, he took on human flesh. But when he did that, he models for us that he lived in submission. He lived in a connected relationship, listening to his father. And trying to see what his father was doing. And then he was empowered by the spirit. Remember when Jesus was in the desert and he was being tempted? Have any of you ever read that passage? And it says he comes out of the desert and it says the Holy Spirit came on him with power to demonstrate generosity and Miracles of healing. Yeah. One of the things I've noticed about SOMA is that you, you guys and the, the national kind of network have a real heart for generosity. Can, can God's spirit empower us to recognize opportunities of generosity to extend to those of us and those around us that are in a season of being marginalized and poor in some way that we could have God's spirit come and isn't isn't it amazing that that passage doesn't just say miracles of power and healing, but a miracle of generosity because it really is miraculous especially in our culture when anyone's generous.
1: Yeah.
0: Does that make sense? When it comes to interacting with the Lord, there's there's many different ways. There's a book, have any of you ever heard of Experiencing God by Blackaby? Or there's a study Bible called Experiencing God. What What is cool about that study is that it helps us to recognize that God will interact with us through scripture, through spiritual friends that may speak into our life, through reading, through art, through community. There's many different ways that God interacts and speaks, and the Spirit wants us to be just continuing to be more sensitive and giving him our radar for those things. If you're like me, I love this image. Um, How would you like to be going for a little swim? I'm like a bad dad joke guy, so it's like a whale of a tail (laughs) that I would have coming out of that, looking for the old high five. But the thing is, is that below the waterline, you know, like we kind of have things that we're conscious of, and then we have things that we're unconscious of, that kind of just pop out like have you ever been in a situation obviously no one here because you're all perfect but if you you know do you know someone that has ever like gotten really mad like more mad than the situation required <laughs> right and it's almost like below the water line below like what you're even conscious of there's stuff that's being pushed down there and it just like volcanically exploded right so you Here's the thing: when it comes to listening to God, we're all like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, like that's great, and that's so good, yeah, good reminder," and you know, what's for lunch? <laughs> well, that's just because what we're like as human beings. But here's the thing: there's often stuff below the waterline for people that block us from actually going and staying connected, yeah. Yeah. right? And 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 block us from. Going to a place of vulnerability where we recognize and admit our need. Because if you're needy, it hurts a bit because you're not in control. Let me just say that again. If you get in touch with your needy, it actually can hurt a bit in the short term because you aren't necessarily in control. You need something. Now, God goes, hey, walk into that because I'll meet you there. And some of us, unconsciously, we're like, that's okay. I like you over there and me over here. Oh, yeah. And we worship and we teach and sometimes we lead and sometimes we pastor, but we don't live in that place of vulnerability. Is this making any sense? Yes. Right? Mm-mm. But the, the trouble is when we don't live in that place, We often miss God's heart and we miss opportunities. And so, some of the things that block us, we can feel unqualified to sometimes connect with God. We can feel unworthy. We can feel distracted. Uh, We can feel disqualified by things that we've done in the past, even though we've asked for forgiveness. We can feel unclean, mediocre, guilty, busy, intellectual. This is, this is too subjective for me. Yeah, and that's a, you know, it needs to be tested. It needs to be, right? But we feel too wounded, too scared, not gifted enough. Well, it's just those special people that have that happen. We feel damaged. Maybe I need to get undamaged before I could ever connect with God. Do you ever feel like you have to get all your ducks in a row before you ever go chat with the Lord?
1: Yeah.
0: Yes. Right? So these are all things that aren't God's heart. That can block us. And sometimes we know it, sometimes we don't even know it. Sometimes it's just kind of unconscious. Does this make sense? So, <clears throat> when it comes to listening to God as individuals, just like scripture tells us, is Jesus, he listened. He grew in stature before man and God. That's, that's what one passage says. It also says in scripture that uh, he was a man of sorrows acquainted with grief. So, he knew the path of vulnerability and needed God's spirit and the relationship with his father to fulfill what he needed to do. Are you glad that Jesus fulfilled his path? Do you know at the end of his path, he didn't want to die on the cross? Would that have changed much? (laughs) If he decided, like, you know what, I'm out. I'm going to go to some Greek island and just kick it, work on my tan. He said, not my will, but your will be done. And it actually says in Gethsemane that angels were sent to minister to Jesus and strengthen him so that he could fulfill what he was supposed to do. Yeah. Now, that's like 7,000 mysteries all colliding in one spot right there. Yeah. But here's like the, the bottom line. If Jesus needed to learn this posture, do you think we might want to be making that a priority as well? That makes sense? Is that an okay takeaway?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So here's the first thing, overcoming all of those barriers. The first thing is, and we've we've heard this, so I'm not talking to like your heads. Y'all have really nice heads. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm prayerfully speaking to our hearts. And I'm putting myself out there as well. I'm in seat 14 right there, and I'm speaking to myself as well. Okay? I'm speaking to our hearts. Often there needs to be a migration by God's spirit through repetition that he establishes things and takes it from our head to live in our heart. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah.
0: Right? And that's a lifelong journey. And if you're new to the faith, you actually might be, like, in a better place of not having amnesia, right? Like, Naveed is, like, crazy to be around right now. It's just, like, I just put my hands up, and I'm like, whoa, okay, feeling, wow, okay. Right, so this is why we need each other, right? Some of us crusty old people that have been walking with God for decades, and if he comes in, he's just like, "What's going on?" It's like, ah, yeah, I'd love a little bit of what he's drinking, Lord." Uh. So here's the reminder: you already know this in your head, how much we retain it in our heart. God adores you, and He will speak to you or interact with you. God is much stronger in His desire for us than what we realize. And in your head, you're going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I know this, I, yeah, but we don't know this. Yeah. He is so strong in His desire for us. Here's a passage, James four five. Or do you think that the Scripture says in vain, the Spirit who dwells dwells in us, yearns jealously? Anyone here ever been jealous? Okay, I I get jealous over my wife, over my kids, over it's it's for real. Like, it could lead to some ugly situations if the wrongs, like, in terms of if someone is doing something inappropriate to my wife. Does that make sense? It's it's not this. Like, what lives inside me when that happens is not, oh, man, like, that guy's so broken and I just totally want to go and do some puppet work and help him to get some inner healing. That's not what I'm thinking about. (laughs) Right? I'm wanting to kill his puppets. Whatever that means. <laughs> what God would say is, yeah, yeah, little buddy, little Albert, you get that from me. You get that from me. I am jealous. Where do, you get, where do you think you get your emotions from? Yes, they can go wrong, right? I think we have all seen that. I don't know why I'm doing this, but, you know, wrong emotions are over here. And then valiant, brave, justice, warrior, true, righteous emotions are over here. And do we understand God is a warrior and he has passion and he cares. He sees a child being trafficked. He cares. He's not doing some Excel spreadsheet in his head. He's jealous. He feels towards you. It's emotional. That's why you have emotions. He adores you. He's jealous over you. God longs to connect with you so you can act on his direction and leading. It says in James 1.22, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. So God wants to bring his emotion. And he wants to connect with us. He wants us to know that he adores us and, and he's jealous over us so that then we can act empowered by him to be doers of the word. This word jealousy, it, it, it talks about a really, really intense desire, craving, ache. It's not mellow. Like in the original language, it's, like, it's very intense. Have any of you ever been so grieved that you haven't been able to eat? Think of that. I'm a bit of a foodie, so not eating is like a, it's like a nuclear event. right? If it happens, man. I'll just say to my wife, there's something grieving me. I, like, I can't do it. I can't even like, look at food. That comes from God. We can grieve his spirit. The notion of the doers in the, in, in the original language is actually an image of a poet who creates an artist that acts. Are we becoming poets of what he's saying? Are we becoming artists in our life where our life becomes this art that expresses God's love for the world and redemption and justice and emotion? Number two, God not only feels for us, he then goes, I want you to move as a result of that feeling, as a result of what I've done for you. Go do that for others.
1: Does that make sense?
0: Is that too much to ask of us? As you've been loved, go love. As you've been forgiven, go forgive. As mercy's been extended to you, go do some mercy parties. So, We need to respond to sweet conviction and adjust our attitudes. Have you ever had someone come to you that knows you really well? And they like do that whole, they do every angle to get to that spot you don't want to talk about. And you're just so angry because they've totally Rubik's cubed you because they know you so well. (laughs) And they sweetly say the thing that you don't want to hear, but they say it and God's with them. And you actually are like, Uncle give in. Has God ever done that to you? It's crazy. My wife can say things to me. She's so awesome. She's so feisty. She's so competitive in a beautiful way. She can say things to me and it's like you know, I'll be processing it or whatever else. God says the same thing and he it's like a heat-seeking missile that goes right down my chimney. It's like, it's crazy. God's Ability to bring sweetness. His kindness leads to change. His kindness leads to repentance. That's why the enemy doesn't want us to be in proximity to God. He doesn't want the smoochy smooch. He wants us frosted. He wants us cold. He wants us distant. So here's a couple of things in terms of how we respond. How we live the messy life that we're in the middle of. When it comes to sin. James one twenty one lay aside superficial filth and receive with meek- meekness the engrafted word. The word here is, you know, like this, it's, it's kind of sick, so we'll move on pretty quick, but it's like, it's like a nasty odor. <laughs> it's like God going, like, don't just get this stuff out of your life. Like, get it far away from you because it really is crusty, bad smell. So don't just repent. Like, repent and give it the boot. And then in Jude 1.23, hate the tainted and hinded, hidden. And I'm sorry, the scripture says this, right? So, but he says undergarments. This is like a radically and potentially violent aversion is what in the original language. It's saying, God is saying, I'm revolted when you allow stuff, Albert, to get between my smoochy smooch and me empowering you. It's not like, oh, you know, whatever, like, it's just a matter of time. No, like, it, it, do, you, do we want God to care about us? Right? Like, sometimes I'll say to my wife, like, I love you so much. I care about you so much. So when something small happens that might grieve me a bit, I'm not free to ungrieve myself because I love you so much. I care about you so much. I can be, like, some stale, mediocre bro that doesn't care about you and just is like kind of going through the motions then I'm probably not going to get grieved I'm going to be like whatever do your thing is that what she wants do we want God to be like that to us he doesn't give us that option he's not he is anything but mediocre in our his affection for us
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: Ephesians six ten. be strong in the Lord and the power of his might when we stay connected to him when we're getting the tickles and the snuggles and the smoochy smooch and the sweet conviction, and we're taking care of the messy stuff that's in our life, and we're being in community and getting help for that, when we're in that place, what happens is that we become strong in the Lord and the power of his might working in us because we're abiding, we're connecting, we're aligned. We're more than just ourselves because he's working in and through us to others and to our life. Yes, part of the challenge is, is that, do you think the enemy wants that? Do you think the enemy wants us listening to the Spirit, connected, engaged, understanding God's passion for us, so that we can be transformed and transform people around us? Do you think the enemy wants that? Right? So scripture paints that, you know, the third thing that we need to remember is we're in a full contact battle with real rewards and real losses. Right? So I'm, I'm going to do a quick time out here. Um, my, my daughter one time, I'm just going to tell a little story and then we'll get back to uh, some of the scripture. But my daughter one time, um, we had someone that was going through a super difficult phase in their life. And there was all kinds of challenges and they ended up being kind of like in this homeless spot. and um, But they weren't a danger to themselves or to others. But they, they just, it was really complicated. So... Um, And then we had another friend that uh, he had moved up to spend some time living with us and our family and just kind of, uh, he had a real heart for ministry and just wanted to kind of like sniff out like how do you do life and whatever else, right? And so we ended up having um, this need to bring someone into our house, but we didn't have an extra room because our extra room was being used. And so we sat down we talked with my oldest daughter and we explained the situation and she was aware that she knew we had been helping that person for a while and the kids were involved in that as well. And, and, and so she prayed about it and she's like, you know what, I think I'm supposed to give up my room. Uh, and she's probably like 10 at the time, 10, 11. Uh, I think I'm supposed to give up my room. Like I think that's what God is putting on my heart. Um, but this is what was so cool because she doesn't have a filter, right? She just went, I, and I really don 't want to. How do you like that? She me, but I just went you know she went and prayed about it, and really felt like God was whispering in a devotional way, kind of like yeah, you're supposed to do this and she's like so dad, i don 't know what to do because i don't want to do it, but I know I should, and I was like, "Oh my goodness, all of the people I counsel and minister to that are adults that can't even get to that place of just acknowledging it like that's like six sessions for most people
1: you you get it
0: but she's just honest and and so she ended up uh doing it and giving up the room and here's the thing this is the way we typically tell our stories in church we pick the highlight reels and so she was totally transformed by the power of jesus to like hydroplane in bliss for the next eight months, and she became the best daughter in the history of the world, bro. No, that's not what happened at all. <laughs> now, I love those stories. Does anyone ever have some of those stories? I have those stories I could tell. I'm sure some of you do. Right? But those aren't the only stories. And if those are the only stories that we tell, we set people up for a fall. Right? We, we plunge them under that unconscious line with the whale. <laughs> And we, you know, they just get disappointed with God. And they might not come back up for a while. We, like, waterboard them with our highlight stories. (laughs) I got, like, so many mixed metaphors going on. It's not even funny. It's like 700. I don't know, something about a whale and a snorkel and I don't know. And there's something about, yeah. yeah, (laughs) But the thing is, what we have to realize is one Saturday. I knew my, my daughter was kind of making the best of it and trying to get grace from God, and, you know, whatever. And she was doing okay. And, and one Saturday I'm walking up the stairs and she was like kind of walking down the hallway and, and I go, hey. And she's super joyful. She'd normally be like, hey, back. <laughs> and like kind of lovingly mock me. And that's part of our relationship. It's awesome. Um, and, uh, and she goes, hey, And just kind of keeps on walking. And I'm like, whoa, whoa hey, hey, hey. <laughs> What's going on? and she's like nothing so i figured nothing so i just kind of kept doing what i was doing <laughs> because we're always totally honest with what no that's what we do to god right god's like hey let's talk about it okay no, no, nothing so what is a you know a loving dad that hopefully i got it in that moment i'm like hey hey look. so check out what she says <laughs> oh this killed me she goes, I don't want to talk to you about it because it's going to hurt you. Mm. Oh! That took some bravery, right? I'm like, here's some filters. Don't say stuff like that. I'm like, I'm like, what do you do? Like, I don't, want to, I don't want to be in that vulnerable of a relationship with you, but I really want you to be in a vulnerable relationship with God, just not with me. See, well, see what I did there? Right? We can't do that. right? God's like, hey, do you want me to talk to your kids? Yeah, yeah. How about we continue to work on you always, all the time, talking to your kids with the tone that I would. <laughs> I, I think I just didn't have to that. <laughs> Right? It's the prayer of a righteous person that is powerful. Hey, have we all fallen short of the glory of God? Are we all sinners? Yeah. But God acknowledging that and giving us forgiveness and by his grace, he also says, it matters whether you grieve me. It actually can hinder your prayers. But we think we're all powerful at times, right? Like what's going to happen if we have a little bit of bad tone of voice with our spouse or our kiddo? Just a little bit. There's no price tag, Right. Well, God's going, yeah, it's 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 all integrated. So with my daughter, I press in. And I go, hey, um, can we go talk about this? And she's like, yeah. And she says, here's the thing. We go sit in her, and the person was away for the day, so we went and actually sat in her room. And and I said, what's going on? she goes, and she just starts crying, right? And I'm dying, Right because obviously it's my fault we don't have a bigger house, right? So, um, oh, well, that was, that was what was under my waterline. I should have become a lawyer, not done more ministry philanthropy type stuff. It's obviously my fault that my daughter's suffering. You see the weird places we go to? So I'm trying to wrestle with that, and that's a long-standing conversation with the Lord between me and him. And so she's saying this, I'm, I'm like, oh, so I'm trying to like tread water myself to keep above the water line and trying to connect with God while I'm listening to her. It's a lot of effort. And, and she goes, and I didn't want to talk to you about this because I don't want you to feel bad that, you know, we don't have like another room that could, you know, and so she's like trying to care for me in the middle of her pain. How cool is that? So I said to her, I go, hey, listen, I totally get it. Thank you for being so sensitive, but it's really good for us to talk about these things. And yeah, it's hard. I I wish we did have this. She goes, no, that's not what I'm saying. I go, I know, but it is hard. And so I said, what do you think about us spending some time where you ask God to interact with you about this? And maybe nothing happens, but let's just maybe ask him. And check this out. This is what she says, right? She goes, yeah, I kind of figure I know what he's going to say. And it's just like not doing anything for me anymore. <laughs> now, you've never felt that, have you? <laughs> Isn't that amazing? And I looked at her and I went, That is so amazing what you just said. I feel that all the time. And it was like she looked at me and she was like, Oh my goodness, we actually follow the same God. <clears throat> You're not always strong and powerful and praying for people and seeing healings and seeing this and listening to the Spirit and doing your talks. and you know, You are broken like me? You get frustrated with God and you need Him to minister to you when you don't think He actually will say anything relevant? Yeah, honey, we're the same. And I need God. I need to stay connected to him. I need to talk to him about my doubts and my disappointments and my frustrations. I said, I need to go talk to him about stuff like this usually four or five times a day. She's like, are you kidding me? I'm like, I'm not. So you might get nothing out of this time, but why don't we take five minutes and you can get still and pray and ask God's spirit to come and see if there's anything that he will, and and if nothing happens, that's fine. At least we try. She goes, okay, sure. And I'm telling you, right, and this is not a hype highlight story, I'm telling you, I got still, I felt so impotent as a dad. Because there was nothing I could give to her, outside of directing her to her Heavenly Father. Do you, the man in the room, do you like feeling like you have nothing you can do? No. What if... Sometimes when we feel like we have nothing we can do, it's actually a beautiful moment because we, we then need to take the people in that circumstance and connect them with the one who can. Maybe it's not even about us. But we try to overcompensate. We give some half-baked wisdom. We, you know, we don't recognize the real depth of their pain because we're uncomfortable going into that vulnerable place ourselves with God. And so we're uncomfortable escorting our kids in because we're like, we can't make it happen. And we don't trust that God will show up for them. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Right? So anyways, she gets still. And I'm telling you, I don't always have these feelings, right? But I'm telling you, you may have had it in different ways that you felt God's presence and whatever at times, you know. Um, and It's different for different people sometimes. But I'm telling you, I could feel like tangibly God start to do something in the room. And I was just like, whoa. And kind of like Vince, I, like, I just started to get teary because I'm like, man, God is doing something in here. I don't know what it is. And my, I just saw tears started to stream down my daughter's face. And to make a long, long story short, here's what happened. God came and ministered to my daughter and showed her things that she cared about that had been ramping up and going really well beyond what she'd ever thought. Guitar was one, some friendships, some favor with some different people at school. And God was showing her, I'm blessing you in the midst of your sacrifice. He then came and said, I know how hard this sacrifice is, but that's part of what makes it so beautiful, is that it is hard what you're giving up. And then he said, you know what? This is actually going to come to an end quicker than what you thought. Oh, that's a problem, right? Well, maybe. But I said to her, when we debriefed afterwards, I said, hey, well, let's put that part on the shelf. And here's the first thing, meaning let's wait and see what happens. I said, but here's the thing. We we will act now that I know this and just transition this person out because you are the most important. And she's like, yeah, but I need to wrestle this through with God. So just wait. I said, okay, but you say the word, we're taking action. And she wrestled it through and she got to this place where she's like, I'm going to trust him. Within a week, God had orchestrated some things, and the person was able to move out on good terms. And she had her room back. Do you think her getting her room back was the big part? What do you think was the big part? Yeah, she connected with God. Right? That's what we want to be doing. So God has an enemy who's going to fight that. So really quickly, we would have to come to you, but Satan hindered us. This is in First Thessalonians 2.18. You're going to be hindered in the process of listening to God. Take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, Ephesians 6.17. We have to pick up the tools that we've been given. Shield of faith, sword of the Spirit, breastplate of righteousness, etc. We have to be daily getting filled with God's Spirit. We have to actively stay in this path of connection. Cast not away your confidence, which is great reimbursement of reward, Hebrews 10.35. This is the biggest thing that is used... To kill me in my walk with God. The enemy comes and says, God will not reward you. So we need to remember, God will reward those who diligently seek him. So I want to just close in prayer. But the the ultimate way that we push into these things is that we need to serve others and listen to God. It may be... uh, internationally, it may be right downtown, it might be in your own family, but we need to stay in that place of vulnerability, of connection, recognizing we have a God that is very emotional and adores us and loves us while we resist the enemy and we pursue a life of the Spirit on mission, caring and being transformed while we seek transformation for others. Let's pray. Lord, we all ask that you would help us to identify today some things that may be blocking us and that we would even just bring that to you right now, maybe over the next couple of days to take some time to talk to you about it. Thank you that your forgiveness is real. Thank you for your grace. We pray that you would empower us and give us the courage to stay connected to you. We love you, Lord. At this point, I'm going to hand it over to Vince. Thanks,
1: man. I just want to remind you guys here at the end to just pause. And we're going to take, I just want to take a couple of minutes before we come down for communion. Just every every one in your own place, in your own way, just take a a moment and listen in and say, quietly, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? What are you saying to me right now? This is great, I think, especially for some of the introverts among us to take a moment and process some of this stuff. Just have a couple minutes of quiet, and then I'm going to come up and get some instruction about communion. And uh, before we do that, before we rush into how we always end the service and and the regular stuff, Let's just take a moment and quiet our hearts and say, Lord, what do you want to say to me right now? Whether it's through a story, through a scripture we heard, whether it's through something in the past week, are you speaking to me? Can we do that for a moment? I hope you can hear the voice of Dad just telling me he loves you. That you are beloved. That you are forgiven. That you have more value than you know for the kingdom. And we can preach that and we can go through expository series after expository series and hammer the truth of the gospel the end of the day, if that's not hitting our heart, it's never going to transform our lives, amen? I want us to take a moment, we're going to come down and with communion, like we normally do, and uh, we've got a couple of communion tables. This is a wonderful time when you can gather with a group of two or three and just, just engage with the gospel and remember that the reason we're loved, the reason we've been adopted, into the family of God is because it cost God something to have us. And He didn't count the life of His Son too dear a price to pay to have you for Himself. That Jesus lived a perfect life in His flesh every day, and that righteousness is yours. That He shed His blood on the cross, and that forgiveness is yours. And it's mine and it's ours. So I'm going to say a prayer over us and invite you to come down and get in a group of two or three and just take communion together and remind each other of the good news of the gospel. Here's the simple questions I want you to just engage with over the next few moments. What's the Holy Spirit saying to you? And what are you going to do about it? What is the Holy Spirit saying And as we come down, if you're you're not a believer or if it's your first time here and you're kind of uncomfortable with this, feel free to hang back. Feel free to just just sit back and relax. And in about 10 minutes or so, Tom's going to close us out, pull us together for one more song. Uh, But we're going to take about 10 minutes and just interact with one another and say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to us? And maybe as somebody else shares, you'll feel, man, that was a word for me too. All right? Does that sound good? Let's all stand. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your love for us. And thank you that it is a theological certainty, but it's so much more than that. As I laid last night, we let Kevin sleep in our bed for the weekend. And I just laid there and looked at him, even after he had been a bit crazy and done some things that he's probably ashamed of. My heart was just filled with love for my little boy looking at him laying there asleep and I scooped him up in my arms and felt nothing but overwhelming love for him. Thank you that that's how you feel to us. Because of Christ, you're not looking at us through the lens of our brokenness, the things we're ashamed of, the things that we would never want to see posted on our Facebook walls. But you look at us through the perfect life of your son. That when, just like Naveed and Katja yesterday, were baptized, they, they identified with Christ who was baptized. And when he came up out of that water, you said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Even before he had ever done one great work, you were well pleased with him because of your relationship with him. And in Christ, that is how you see each one of us. I pray that we would have eyes of faith that would see that for ourselves that we would be able to receive your love, to receive, Holy Spirit, what you'd say to us. Whether you've already spoken or even will in the next few moments, have your way and help us to become a church that continually leans more on what you're saying to us, God, than we ever have before. Continually learns to listen in and create space to hear your voice. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So just uh, come on down, grab some communion. get in groups of two or three. If you're more comfortable, feel free to hang out. And uh, we're going to wrap up with a song in about 10 minutes. Remember those questions are, what is God saying to you and what are you going to do about it?